This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Thursday the 31st of March. In your Squiz today, more devastating floods, reactions to the budget, a billion people farewell Shane Warne, and introducing politics today. This is your Squiz today. Starting with the floods this morning, Eliza, despite predictions that the rains would ease and levees would hold, another flood disaster is unfolding in southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales. Let's start in New South Wales. Lismore has been absolutely slammed again. It has, and its levee didn't hold back the water as was hoped yesterday morning. The Wilsons River rose too high because of that bucket load of rain, so it actually peaked at 11.4 metres at about 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Now, that's not as bad as the record 14.4 metres that was reached on the 28th of February when we saw those incredible scenes of, you know, people being winched off their roofs of their homes, but still devastating for the people affected. Uh, It's been up and down the coast. The tourist town of Byron Bay, which is normally pumping in the weeks leading up to Easter, um, that main street with all the high-end retail brands and the beautiful cafes, that's all been flooded. Up north in Queensland, as you mentioned, still really bad there. It's the state's fourth round of deadly floods in four months. Two men died in flash floods near Toowoomba, and authorities say five people were rescued from some really dangerous situations. The weather situations are dynamic and changing quickly, but with residents in these areas being hit by flooding again so soon, many are feeling they weren't given enough warning. Yeah, I mean, these phrases like the one in 100 year event, the one in 1000 year event, obviously that's all being rewritten and uh, authorities use those phrases like the highly dynamic situation. A senior forecaster from the Weather Bureau, Neil Bennett, yesterday told the ABC that forecasting this weather is like, quotes, throwing a fishing net over the planet. You know, it's it's, it's an imperfect science. Um, frustratingly, what happened in Lismore early yesterday morning was a System that he said was small enough to slip in between those knot points at the edges of that fishing net. Uh, I think that analogy really just showing that this is an ever-changing situation and that it's hard for officials to give people adequate warning about what's coming. Difficult for those communities, of course, where their lives are being turned upside down again. If you are in those areas, take care. Back to budget talk now. Reactions are starting to settle a little on the government's proposed 22-23 budget. The chief criticism so far seems to be centred on its very pre-election nature, that the coalition is buying votes with tax cuts and one-off payments ahead of the election. Yeah, and that was rebuffed by the PM and senior ministers yesterday. They say they're taking the necessary steps to help Aussies manage the cost of living pressures. And of course, we've been discussing this every week on the podcast. It's not Mm -hmm. just petrol prices above $2. It's everything associated with inflation and just all the basic goods going up. Uh, The PM copped a bit of heat yesterday in his big budget cell. He was being asked on Nine's Today program about what help there was for renters. And he said, quotes, the best way to support people who are renting a house is to help them buy a house. Uh, And he was actually pointing there to the expansion of the Home Loan Guarantee Scheme, which allows people to borrow up to 95% of the value of their 
their property without having to take out mortgage insurance. So he was actually pointing to a policy there, but critics say that it reeked of the PM being out of touch with the reality of everyday lives. Today, the focus shifts to Labor. Opposition leader Anthony Albanese will unveil his budget in reply address. He says he won't unveil an alternative budget and all the details on financing his policies are going to come out during the election. While we're on budget talk, as promised, our shortcut this week is out and ready for your listening ears. Claire and I dive into all things budget, the shape of our economy in the wake of the pandemic, what's in the budget and the politics of it all. You'll be across your budget small talk in no time. Search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. Over to the US and the January 6th insurrection is back in the news and that's because seven hours of phone records from the presidential office on that day are missing or non-existent. So despite numerous reports of former President Donald Trump being talked to during that time, there are no official logs. It's unusual, Eliza. Mm, Very unusual, to say the least. Uh, These phone records have been released after a long legal battle and multiple attempts by the Congressional Committee investigating the attack on the Capitol. Uh, What they do show is that Trump contacted eight people in the morning and another 11 people that evening um, as to what actually happened during that all-important period of the attack. There's speculation now that he either went dark, quotes, you know, and used other people's private phones to make those phone calls, or perhaps it's more serious and the logs have been destroyed altogether. Uh, Trump's team disputes those claims, saying that his phone records have been appropriately recorded. It's part of the Presidential Records Act that memos, letters, notes, emails and other written communications related to a president's official duties are preserved. So it's a very big deal if logs are missing or incomplete. As many as a billion people tuned in to watch the memorial service for cricket legend Shane Warne. It's a staggering amount of people, Eliza, and boy, did they get a celebration of Warney's life. Yeah, and it just goes to show how broad his life was. You know, we remember him as a cricketing star, but he had so many other elements to his life, both here and overseas. So there were those billion people, as you mentioned, that tuned in to the memorial service at the MCG. There were stars like Kylie Minogue, British rocker Chris Martin. We heard from Merv Hughes, of course, who was a massive star also of Australian cricket, who described him as a dead set bogan. Uh, But there were some really touching moments. Uh, His son, Jackson Warne, spoke alongside his sisters, Summer and Brooke, and he said to his father, you are my best friend. He had all these great anecdotes about playing Monopoly with him and his dad letting him win. The service also remembered Warne's work off the field. He raised $4 million for the victims of the two 2004 Boxing Day tsunami and there was lots of help there for the survivors of the Black Saturday bushfires as well. A life very well lived. His father said, we are grateful the world loved our son as we did and are thankful he touched so many lives in so many ways. In entertainment news, Hollywood action star Bruce Willis has announced that he's retiring. He's been diagnosed with a condition called aphasia, Eliza. Yeah, so this is a cognitive condition that interferes with your ability to speak and write. Uh, Medical experts say it is considered to be damage on the left side of your brain. Um, Now, the 67-year-old's family, including his wife, Emma Hemming-Willis, and ex-wife, Demi Moore, uh, announced on Instagram overnight that he has this condition 
Nation. Now, most of us would know Willis for his role as the hard-bitten New York cop John McClane in the Die Hard films. They launched in 1988. There's three movies there. And he was sort of hanging around the edges of acting in the early 80s. But it was that series that really catapulted him to fame. Those diehard films, they're always seen to be floating around the TV on a Friday or Saturday night. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Eliza. What's something to take note of today? Well, it's a big day in Canberra because Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky will address our parliament at 5.30 this afternoon. Both PM Scott Morrison and opposition leader Anthony Albanese will welcome him before he makes his address via video link. Big day in Canberra indeed. That's happening just before opposition leader Anthony Albanese's budget reply speech. Now, before we go, a bit of news from us. We're launching something new, a brand new newsletter called Politics Today. It'll be available from Monday, the 4th of April. It's free. It'll cover all the news and goings on in politics each weekday morning. Just like everything we do here at The Squiz, it's agenda free. It's opinion free. It's all about keeping you across both national and international politics. We're really excited about it and we're launching it just as there's a whole bunch of stuff happening, of course, with the election oh so soon you can sign up now ahead of monday at politicstoday.com.au if that's of interest i'll pop that link in your episode notes as well that's all from us today have a good thursday and we will be back with you tomorrow We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN. VPN.com forward slash squiz today.